0: Most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this. More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact. Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents The Jim Ross Report. With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself. Good old JR. Yes, indeed, and hello again, everybody. I'm good old JR Jim Ross. This is the Jim Ross Report. Your big heaping helping of Slobberknocker audio is on the air. Good show today. I'll be talking for the first time to uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet founder, Ryan Satin, formerly of uh, TMZ. We'll talk about uh, the news of the day, and uh, I know Ryan was all over the story uh, regarding all the activities that went on down in Jacksonville on on Tuesday uh, with all Elite Wrestling, so we'll talk a lot about that. Ryan's uh, had reporters on the site on the scene, if you will. So we'll talk about that and much more. And uh, not only that, ladies and gentlemen, here's what's on my mind. I want to kick it off by thanking those of you that subscribe to our program on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. Tune in Stitcher, and however the hell you get your Slobberknocker audio. We appreciate it very much for those free subscriptions. You never miss a show that way. And uh, we also appreciate the five-star reviews. Because really, folks, let's be honest, aren't the five-star reviews the only reviews worth talking about? Sure they are. So, uh, again, Ryan Satin still to come here on the program. Uh, I have some thoughts on... Uh, the all elite wrestling uh, press conference the uh, gathering that they had on Tuesday I watched it uh watched it all from start to finish uh I thought that the message that the uh new promotion wanted to tell was told uh in other words the, the, the validation that this is a real entity it's actually going to happen and another uh global Uh, wrestling brand is going to be developed over time uh, thanks to the Kahn family uh, is a reality so I I thought that that it it tied the bow around everything there's no more speculation there's no more this or that it's a matter of uh, it's reality it's real so I thought that was very good Uh, I thought that the the presentation by and large was uh, was entertaining to the degree that uh, the close of the event with Chris Jericho was out- outstandingly booked, well-placed, well-produced, if you will, whatever your term might be, because Jericho was the biggest star on the show. And that's not a knock on no, – that's the old deal, right? Now, so you gotta, i you got to apologize now. I didn't mean to knock Cody or the Young Bucks or, or Hangman Page or whomever, Pac, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not knocking anybody. It's just that uh, Jericho is the longest tenured – Global star that appeared on that uh, presentation in the story. So I thought that was a great way to end it. Uh, he'll be a great asset, no doubt, in any role that he's uh, put in. I can't see Chris being on a weekly television show every week, though. He's just that. Uh, he's just that kind of guy. He likes to do a lot of different things. He has varied interests, and uh, that include his band and and other projects that he's working on. So. Uh, but I, I enjoyed the presentation I thought the, that it was nice that the way they introduced everybody uh you know it looks like Cody's going to be kind of the guy that's going to ramrod the uh, single guy single wrestlers uh, the bucks will I'm sure will, will oversee to some degree uh, the tag teams and apparently Brandy Rhodes is going to oversee the women uh, which is a job that I really wanted. <laughs> but I was not asked to interview. Uh, so I'm kidding. So, uh, you know, it, there, there's a plan coming about. I, I love the commitment of the Con family. You know, uh, you, you know that this company is not going to run out of money tomorrow. They're not going to have a problem uh, getting the ring to the next town. Uh, it's all going to work out real well, so uh, I'm being facetious here. Uh, and I'm sure that uh, others, other talents, this is like recruiting in college. When you sign a five-star recruit out of high school and you sign him early in football, for example, using that as an example, then you find out that that star player becomes one of your best recruiters and that others uh, in the star player world of high school football, graduating, and going to college, they become very interested in in, uh, what their buddies are doing. So I think that that's kind of what I see in this scenario is that talents that are not happy in one regard for one reason or the other, usually because uh, one of the two C's and occasionally both the two C's, meaning cash and creative. So uh, so some of those people I'm sure will be uh, making inroads or inquiring about uh, getting a jersey for the, uh, the uh, uh, AEW team. Uh, so we'll see that I know I, I was it was interesting to find out that the aew logo shirt was uh, the the it's officially become the number one selling item at ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, great company Brian Barker does a good job there with those guys good people too uh, so the the shirts uh, got it's got off to a good start there's a groundswell for these guys it's kind of a, it's an online feel maybe there's nothing wrong with that by the way just long, the more people you get on board in any way that they decide to arrive and in any vehicle that they chose chosen to travel in is welcome, right? So, uh, good good event in Jacksonville. I'm glad that uh, some of the questions were answered uh, as regarding, you know, the, the next, the Double or Nothing pay-per-view will be on May 25th at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. Big arena, big challenge to sell all those tickets. Uh, so we'll see how that uh, structure is structured and how that is created when it goes on sale. How much uh, uh, you know uh, build-up excitement around the on-sale date because you got in wrestling you got you got two dates that you really got to focus on: the on-sale date and the day of the, the week of the show. So there's two advertising flights that you really got to be uh, done, and that is. Uh, uh, you know, having the uh, on sale date highly publicized so you get off on a great start. And then the week of your show, you got to back yourself up there to make sure that your vases are covered if your house is not clean by showtime because everybody's goal is to sell out, right? So it'll be fun to see how that, uh, how quick that goes, and how it goes. So it's a interesting time. Fun time to be a wrestling fan, I would say. I hope you agree with that. Uh, big news, you know, another question, not news. It will be news, obviously. Where does Kenny Omega go? Well, I don't know where Kenny, you know, Kenny Omega is a, a really unique cat and he's got a, he's very intelligent. Uh, I, I've always enjoyed conversing with him. He's a smart young man. Uh, he's, he's as good as there is in the world right now. He really is as far as in unique matches, adding wrinkles, wrinkles. Being courageous enough to try new things, I think Kenny ends up at uh, AEW with his buddies. Same reason he's comfortable there. He's worked with these guys. Uh, he'll have a, he'll have everybody's ear for creative. Uh, he won't be uh, you know he'll have a voice, and a very prominent voice, especially as it relates to his storylines and his angles. Which, if you go back to the old days of the Booker in a territory. The bookers always allowed and encouraged, by the way, their top guys to be involved in the booking of their angles, their storylines. And you ask Cowboy Bill Watts, why do you give these guys so much autonomy? Because he said, I want them to have skin in the game. I want them to feel a part of the process because they'll give us a better effort to make sure that it is that it is uh, played out in that in that way. So Watts knew the wrestler ego. And so you, you feed the ego by letting them be involved in creative because now they're more committed to make sure that their creative is successful. I got no problem with that. So I think Kenny Omega ends up with, uh, with uh, AEW. I really do. Uh, and uh, it just seems like a fit right now. And I might be wrong. So we'll keep an eye on that deal. AEW could come in with an amazing offer, uh, and, and they can, and they might. That might be overwhelming, and you say, I can't turn that down. So we'll, we'll see. But in any event, good start uh, by the Khan family. Uh, I appreciate their commitment to our business, the wrestling business. All us old school guys that have spent our life helping uh, get where we are today, uh, to see it have the ability to be perpetuated and continued and played forward. Uh, is really a, a cool thing. So i um, uh, congratulations to everybody involved, and I hope that everything is going to work out just as you hope, and uh, it'll be a fun year to watch uh, this company develop and grow. Uh, I watched uh, Impact Wrestling's homecoming pay-per-view event over the weekend on Sunday, as a matter of fact. Uh, good, solid show. I enjoyed the uh, tag match, Conan LAX versus the Lucha Brothers well done good drama good story uh impact also announced that their weekly tv episodes on the pursuit tv channel it's a network owned by anthem their parent company they meaning impact wrestling's parent company will also be simulcast online via twitch starting on friday at 10 p.m eastern time and twitch subscriptions i was told were uh They'd already, uh, they already host a lot of live, uh, reoccurring live shows and so forth. But the Twitch subscription list doubled within the first 24 hours of announcing the simulcast on the platform. So that's good news. So we'll see if this is a way that Impact Wrestling can, can return to being seen by more eyeballs and people can enjoy what they're doing because uh, the creative of what they're doing, uh, I think, is, is probably as solid is anything that they've done in that company in quite some time. And that's encouraging as well. Uh, Big Monday Night Raw, unfortunately, against the uh, NCAA uh, final game, the football game, Alabama and uh, Clemson. Uh, Big challenge. I've been there before. I remember one time having to – I couldn't go to the uh, Fiesta Bowl featuring Oklahoma and Boise State because it was absolutely necessary – that my presence, be required, my presence was required to be at ringside on January 1st in Miami because we had the vaunted, must-build-up, eagerly-anticipated wrestling classic John Cena versus Kevin Federline for me to call. Yep, I missed the bowl game because of Kevin Federline, the son of a— Anyhow, uh, big night, Monday night. Uh, I thought the highlight of the night was the uh, Gene Okerlund tribute. And somebody's going to say, here's because here's this is the way Twitter works, this is the way social media is. Automatically, somebody's going to go to the half empty glass. Oh, OJR is pretty shrewd there. He, he didn't like the wrestling. He said the best thing on Raw was the Gene Oakland tribute. <laughs> I know what he's trying to say. No, what I'm trying to say is, it, it was, a, I didn't have the emotional investment in anything I saw that night that could supplant my respect and my love from my friend Gene Oakland and I thought the WWE production people, uh, there at, uh, uh 120 Hamilton and Stanford did a phenomenal job in putting that tribute together. Uh, my only thought when I watched it, and I watched it again on Tuesday night on SmackDown, and I'm glad they re- re- replayed it was I wish Gene had been here to see it. Isn't it funny how we do these things sometimes after the fact, they were stimulated and motivated by death to do something along those lines. Just uh, I know he loved it, and I, I loved it for him. I can tell you that. I thought Hogan did a great job. And nice to see him uh, in that role, and I, I just uh, thought it was great. So you know, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice having seen him on, on the show and wrestling in the first match. That was not. That was somewhat predictable. Who cares? It made sense. I didn't like the Brock. I learned this from Cowboy Bill Watts a long time ago. You got two big, two big, bigger than life personalities and athletes. Watts was always one half of that because he was a three hundred pound baby face, okay, and uh, big rugged brawler. You know that was him. But he would never allow himself to be put into a situation where theoretically, and realistically, he could get his hands on his adversary in a confrontational situation. So here you got uh, you got Strowman, who's not apparently not been approved for physicality by the, the docs. He's in the ring like a, you know, he's being circled, like a great white shark circling a piece of great huge uh, piece of meat in the in the ocean. Well, it it didn't do Strowman any favors, in my opinion. And I don't know what you could have done. You could have, you know, the wall of people. You could have not had a, you know, everybody's uh, empty the locker room. I mean, really emptied it and, and, and have a, 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 a crazy chaotic scene. They say they didn't do that. They did that for Seth Rollins and uh, Bobby Lashley early on. In hindsight, which is usually 2020, you know, maybe the, that whole presentation with all those bodies those masses of people, Surrounding Strowman and Lesser would have been more appropriate. Don't know, but it might have been. And after seeing it all, so uh, but I didn't like the. If you can't be physical, then you got to take everything that you have, like the you're in another location, or whatever, to keep them separate. But walking down the aisle, walking down the rampway, and circling the ring, and you're and you're and the guy that didn't want to fight you is right there. Then I, I don't know. It didn't feel right. It Didn't feel quite right. Uh, SmackDown on Tuesday night, I thought the highlight of the night was establishing that, uh, it's going to be Becky Lynch and Oscar at the Royal Rumble, big title match and bet they'll tear it down. It's amazing that the, uh, women on both brands continue to shine. And in many cases they outshine their, their, uh, male counterparts. Just saying. I watched Wrestle Kingdom 13. God almighty, I watched a lot of wrestling, for God's sakes. No wonder my dating life is the... Never, never mind. Wrestle Kingdom 13. Uh, enjoyed that. I watched it on the, the Fight app. F-I-T-E. And I also watched it on Access TV on Friday night. And uh, enjoyed it. Enjoyed all of it. A good show. Good, hard-hitting, logical. Uh, by and large, logical fundamentally sound wrestling based on athleticism and athletic competition. Hence wins and losses mean something. It's embarrassing for me to say that we have to acknowledge the fact that this new promotion is going to have, make sure that wins and losses mean something because that's somebody saying that because apparently now the rest of the sentence would be because apparently now they mean nothing. That's when entertainment takes over the sports package, the sports component of pro wrestling. When entertainment supersedes the athletic competition, then it becomes not about wins and losses because it just doesn't matter. And for those who think that wins and losses don't matter, I, I, I don't know what to say to you other than I, I just totally disagree, respectfully disagree. I was a little surprised to see that uh, six-time IWG junior heavyweight champion uh, uh, Kushida is going to be leaving uh, New Japan. And uh, I thought it was very appropriate. His final match is going to be against his hero, his role model, uh, Tanahashi, on January 29th. Uh, but uh, apparently uh, Kushida is WWE bound. Great get for them. He's a really quality guy. Amazingly talented. Amazingly talented. Got a great look. He's a, he's a very polite, professional young man. I've never seen him have a bad match. And put him in that environment with the, the NXT guys, uh, he could be big league, no doubt about it, big league. So good gift for WWE on that one. Uh, I mentioned on Twitter last week, at JRSBVQ that I thought the product of wrestling overall was overproduced. And I, I still believe that. I, don't, you know, I know it's a big, vague uh, statement, and it's an in-general in statement. Here's what I meant by that more specifically. Break this down just a little bit. When talents are giving scripts to memorize, they're challenged to, first of all, remember. Uh, Being able to remember lines that somebody else wrote in the spirit of you oftentimes is challenging to retain or to memorize to the level that you can recite those lines with uh, authority, with passion in a timely manner and so when you rely on scripts here's your promo you know i can only see some of these old some of these great talkers flares and funks and dusty so many more watts so here's your here's your uh, here's your script for your promo today can you imagine the dialogue that you would hear at that point when some 20-something kid comes up here's your here's your promo so until the system of wrestling allows talents to get back in creating their own image, to once, once your image is established, I, then the talents have got to be the guys that are in the driver's seat to make it go to the next level. They can do that if they have the ability to be themselves to some degree. I don't see enough of that today's wrestling. In other news and things that are on my mind, very quickly here, uh, I saw the best movie I saw last year, *Bohemian Rhapsody*, and they won a Golden Globe for the best picture. I, I talked about that here on the show, as a matter of fact, uh, early on. And that cat, uh, Rami Malek, who played uh, Freddie Mercury, boy, he's he's a he's a hell of a hand. He's a keeper. <laughs> so uh, great movie. If you haven't seen it? Check it out. Great music, great uh, biopic. I thought. Uh, congrats to my friend. Coach Brent Venables, the defensive guru, the coordinator uh, at Clemson University, and uh, to coach head coach Dabo Sweeney, the Clemson Tigers winning the college football championship in Santa Clara on Monday night. Man, they they the Tigers rattled off 31 unanswered points, and they opened a can of whoop ass on the Alabama Crimson Tide, 44 to 16. Now, yeah, I know Alabama kicked my team's ass. They would shatter them. Uh, in the Orange Bowl. I get it. Hey, it is what it is, right? I never in my wildest dreams thought that Clemson would dominate. I thought they might win the game, and I was pulling for them to win the game because of Coach V. was my neighbor in Norman for many years on the OU staff. Came to my barbecue restaurant many, many times. He's a great friend, still is. So uh, I was pulling for him for that regard, but God, who would have thought that the true freshman quarterback who's 19 years old, who last year at this time was going to a prom, was the offensive MVP, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback. 19 years old. Amazing. About as good a freshman quarterback as I've ever seen. And has there ever been a freshman quarterback that had to play in such a high profile game in recent memory? I'm sure there was somewhere along the way, but, you know, maybe even. Jamil Holloway was a quarterback for OU when they won a national championship in '85. He played in some off of big games, but the world has expanded. And so to be on, to have, I think there was 13 million viewers watched that game on uh, Monday night. Big time stuff. Uh, I sent some pictures out on Twitter this week of my cooking. I, I get in these, these binges where I want to cook. And not so much just eat, but I want to cook. And so I made a, uh, on my birthday, I made a pot roast. Uh, it's pretty good, too. Carrots, potatoes, you know, onions, chicken broth, about six hours in a crock pot, Montreal seasoning, among other things. I can't tell you all of it. But if you call the hotline, I'm, no, I'm kidding. I for Gene, that's for you, buddy. one nine hundred nine zero nine ninety nine hundred, 9900 ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and then I made uh, uh, pinto beans. I soaked them overnight like my mama did. I cooked them in a crock pot for like six hours. I had some great cornbread from Red Rock Canyon Grill in Norman. Mm -mm -mm. So all this leads to this. Uh, You know, I've had an interest in, I'm a foodie kind of a guy. I've written a couple of cookbooks with the help of my wife and Dennis Brent and others. Uh, So we have, my management team has found a company that does reality television that's interested in uh, a cooking show. And it would be myself and a, another uh, a well-known person from within the world of wrestling. So uh, we're we're in the strategizing form, and we're looking at uh, kind of writing in or putting together a uh, like a little uh, a tease uh, or a, a, a clip, a video clip of what we're looking at doing. So uh, it looks like a pilot's going to be shot. Just don't have all the details for it yet. So kind of an exciting little deal. You know, you never know. These pilots, are, they come and go. But if they like it and if somebody picks it up, then all of a sudden we're in business. So uh, I'll keep you informed of that deal. Should be fun, though. It'll be a funny cooking show and a lot of grilling. A lot of grilling. Uh, if you're going to be in New York City for WrestleMania, don't forget uh, we're going to be there as well in various incarnations. Uh, on Saturday afternoon at WrestleMania week, uh, we have the Gotham Comedy Club booked. And then, uh, we, so that'll be a Saturday afternoon event. Uh, more All the details coming up. Don't, don't just stand by. And then, a uh, great idea I thought we had with collaborating with Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchard and others to have a big late night, post-Monday Night Raw presentation at a, about a 700-seat uh, facility near the Barclays Center, about maybe a 10-minute walk. just a couple blocks, I think. So, uh, and those announcements are, 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 have yet to be made. Just giving you guys a little bit of a heads up. So Saturday afternoon in New York City at the Gotham Comedy Club for me and a guest probably and some th- crazy things going on that we'll be talking about. Uh, and then on uh, after all on Monday night. That will take us covering all the indie stuff, the ROH in the Garden uh hall of fame nxt takeover wrestlemania and uh monday night raw hell of a look at the at the weekend from various perspective and various opinions so uh it should be a fun weekend quite frankly uh i've been talking about our our, our book Slavernocker uh, paul o'brien and i are really working diligently to uh to everything's accelerated right now because we're, we're, we're romancing uh uh, some new partners and we'll see how that goes. Don't know. Things are good though. The book's going to be great. And, uh, so we're working very hard on that. Hope to have it done by the holidays of 2019 is our goal. So, uh, but, uh, our original slover knocker, of my life and resting is available at amazon.com. It's still selling. A lot of people got it for Christmas and I really appreciate it. It really means a lot to me. Either you get the audio book that I read or the ebook or of course the hardcover. I appreciate it. And speaking of the uh, book, uh, in, in the UK, there's a f- limited qualities remain uh, at uh, the world famous uh, Kenny McIntosh's website, insidetheropes.co.uk. Uh, so I signed a bunch of books for Kenny. They're selling well. There's only a few of them left. If you want an autographed copy of Sovereign knocker, uh, get a hold of uh, Kenny, the young, swarthy and dog-loving Vince McMahon of Europe. I appreciate your business. We had a bang up December at WW Shop, running out of inventory on more than one occasion, uh, and keeping that store stock was harder than I anticipated. Good problem to have, though, right? So uh, WW Shop, always running specials. They always they do a good job of representing our product and, and shipping and order fulfillment par excellence. On. And, of course, uh, our, our products are on the shelves in Ingalls markets throughout the southeastern United States at Ingalls Advantage on Twitter. And if you're in one of those stores, uh, take a picture of our products on the shelf and tweet them to me, if you don't mind. I'd love to share that with our, the rest of the world. It'd be kind of cool. You know, we will talk about WrestleMania in the Saturday afternoon, Gotham Comedy Club, Monday night after Raw is going to be a big show. Uh, on Sunday morning, I'll be with uh, the boys from Two Men Power Trip, their podcast, uh, at Two Men Power Trip on Twitter. They got a, a convention at the Meadowlands Convention Center uh, uh, at the Meadowlands Plaza Hotel, I should say. It's a it's a convention at the Meadowlands. On Sunday, the day of WrestleMania, it's April the 7th, uh, WrestleMania morning. So we we'll have more information on that. Uh, it's going to be an all-star cast involved in that proposition as well. Good guys running it, so you'll have a fine time, I promise. I'm going to be in uh, Monroeville, Pennsylvania, at the Steel City Con. I want to do more of this, these cons uh, during 2019. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed uh, going to uh, London and for the London Film and Comic Con. Uh, met some great people and uh, just loved it. So I want to do more of the cons. Monroeville, as a matter of fact, is the same same city that it's it's a suburb of Pitt, Pittsburgh. We had a great signing there at the Barnes Noble store in Monroeville. Really good people that uh, run that. We had a big crowd, good turnout. So I'll be there in uh, Monroeville, at the Steel City Con, uh, in April, April Friday the twelfth through Sunday the fourteenth. If you want more information, you can check out SteelCityCon.com. And then finally, on my travels and travails at least those that I can talk about. Uh, I'll be making an appearance at the Dan Gable Museum in Waterloo, Iowa. I'm attending the George Tragus Luthes Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame induction, uh, big three-day event, July 25, 26, 27. And uh, they're at Wrestling Museum on Twitter. Uh, check them out, and they will uh, uh, give you all the information you need for the big event. It's probably the most affordable, fun, low-key event uh, Unsuspecting uh, event you'll attend as a wrestling fan. the The museum is worth visiting, obviously. I love it, I really do. But the event and meeting the stars and in a very relaxed atmosphere is something that you'll re- you'll relish, I promise you. And with that, ladies, oh, I got one more, a couple more things. Man, I got I'm full of stuff here today, aren't I? Uh, I want to congratulate uh, Dr. Tom Fritchard and uh, the mayor. Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane. They had a big open house at the uh, uh, J.P. Wrestling Academy in Knoxville. Uh, uh, at J.P. Wrestling Academy on Twitter. At Dr. Tom Pritchard on Twitter. Uh, check them out. They're on Facebook as well. And uh, Tom is especially a great coach. He coached a lot of the biggest stars in WWE history. He was our, he was our go-to guy. And he and Dory Jr., uh, really, were the the guys that broke the barrier there to help us train some really good people that we signed. And uh, it's a it's a process and it's a team effort. We can sign the greatest prospects ever, but if they're not properly trained and and mentored, it don't make a damn. Don't make a damn. So check those guys out. J.P. Wrestling Academy in Knoxville. So if you're wanting to get in the business and you want to learn how to be a wrestler, and you want to be trained correctly and not flimflammed and Lied to, I check out, uh, j- at JP wrestling Academy on Twitter and, uh, Dr. Tom and, uh, and big Glenn, the mayor doing a hell of a job. So news out of the Buffalo independent wrestling circuit, uh, this past weekend, uh, an independent pro wrestling faction called the Buffalo brothers. Uh, f- uh four guys, five guys, I guess. No, four guys, uh, Nick Puffaff, Kevin Bennett, Danny Garcia, and Kevin Lockwood were all involved in a serious car accident driving back from what they love to do, wrestle. They sustained a lot of serious injuries, folks, uh, which include head injuries, broken bones, etc. And there's been a GoFundMe page started to help gather donations to cover medical costs, including surgeries, physical therapies, medical equipment. And uh, luckily, they've raised over twenty grand so far. Not nearly enough. So, if you'd like to help them, uh, search. Buffalo Brothers Car Accident Recovery Fund. Buffalo Brothers Car Accident Recovery Fund. It is for a very worthwhile cause. There are brothers in the wrestling business who are coming home from what they love to do. You know they didn't have enough insurance, if any. They need our help. So check it out, the GoFundMe page. Buffalo Brothers Car Accident Recovery Fund. And I promise you, if you give them a dollar, you'll feel better for doing that than ignoring this message and doing nothing. And that's what's on my mind. Well, it's time for slobber knocker of the week and uh, good candidates this week. And uh, actually most of them are from the world of wrestling. How about that? I like that, I'm digging it, but not all. Uh, First of all, the Indianapolis Colts, they won 10 of their last 11 games. Ladies and gentlemen, they're on a roll, they're hot. You always want to hang your hat on the, in the playoffs in a single-elimination format like the NFL playoffs are. It's a tournament, single-elimination tournament. You lose, you're done. You win, you advance. You make more money. Uh, but remember, it's not about the money. It's about the competition, the love of the game. Yeah. They won 10 of their last 11. They won a playoff game at Houston. And all the while starting off at one and five, one win, five losses. So they're on a roll. They're the kind of team you might want to consider in your football pool over the weekend. You want a team in a tournament, like I mentioned, single elimination that gets hot at the right time. And seemingly, the Indianapolis Colts right now under uh, Frank Wright, first-year coach, and the great quarterback Andrew Luck, whose dad is running the XFL – having a hell of a year think about that when you're placing your wagers this weekend uh new japan should deserve a tip of the black hat for another successful wrestle kingdom event it drew a bigger crowd than last year's successful event did as well so their their brand is growing it's becoming more profitable and all because of uh, great talent smart booking And a lot of hard work by everybody involved. So, congratulations, New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling, for another successful Wrestle Kingdom event. Certainly, I'd be remiss again if I if I didn't say that the Kon family uh, deserve recognition for the commitment of putting a lot of their hard-earned money into the business we all love. That's pro wrestling. They're putting their money where their mouth is. There's plenty of it. And uh, I'm very curious to see how this brand continues to evolve and more of the players that we've put in place. It's great to mention all the wrestlers that are going to be wrestling and so forth. Cause, and it's also very criticized, it's very subjective. Uh, so I'm anxious to see all the other hires that are made because I have, I have a great optimism that uh, Tony Khan is a young genius and hopefully he's going to be uh, uh, building a brand that's going to be influential and meaningful for years to come. And none of what I just said has anything to do with overtaking WWE. Father saying from my, uh, my mind. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I think that uh, Clemson Tigers quarterback Trevor Lawrence, the freshman, true freshman, no red shirt, you know. He came out of high school, got to Clemson in the in the in January of last year. Went through spring practice, and he's a starting quarterback for the national championship team, the first team to go fifteen and zero in college football since eighteen ninety seven. How's that? So he had a great game. He was an MVP of the game. Was this freshman, uh, and just a. It's about as good a freshman, I think, as I've ever seen, especially when he put it in that spotlight under the microscope in the national title game. And, uh, I enjoy the comparison between he and uh, one of the characters in my favorite movie, uh, my favorite sports movie, remember the Titans and, the uh, sunshine, the quarterback with long hair, who got his haircut. Young Trevor is, uh, follically enhanced. But, boy, he's a hell of a quarterback. And finally, the slobbing rocker of the week. I kind of alluded to this earlier. On Monday night, the tribute to Mean Gene Okrum, the video tribute, was absolutely uh, – you know, I couldn't watch it not tearing up. Uh, it just sent a ration of memories through me. I just did an interview this week for Sports Illustrated on Mean Gene uh, with Jimmy Trainer. And, you know, I said Gene was the – Gene was the greatest co- uh, sidekick – partner whatever in a buddy movie because gene was everybody's buddy for real nobody that i have ever talked to had a bad thing to say about me and gene oakland and in this world in wrestling are you kidding me <laughs> did you hear that no seriously it's a it's not it's very rare because it's has business built on largely on insecurities and uncertainties and a lack of self-esteem just like pro sports and just like Hollywood, just that way. Put yourself out there, put yourself on a stage, put yourself under a spotlight. Some of these things just come along with that responsibility. And look, you booked yourself there, so that's how it's going to be. I get that. But, boy, what a great job uh, these guys did. A tremendous job. Couldn't, couldn't be more proud of anything I've seen on TV in a long time. So the Rocker of the week, the WWE television production crew, they're at 120 Hamilton Avenue in good old Stanford, Connecticut, USA, for their production of the Mean Gene Oakland video. Work it. Apparently they have a pet raccoon that got into their mouth. I just had all body experience! Well, it's one of my favorite parts of the show. By the way, if you're enjoying the show today, we thank you for uh, checking us out. And hope you have subscribed to this podcast already. If you haven't, you can do so for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or however the hell you find your Slobberknocker audio. And yes, we do accept five-star ratings. Pet Coon Goofy has many con- uh, candidates this week. Many candidates. So it's, it's, a, it's a little challenging to pick who is the dumbest ass of the week. Certainly Kevin Spacey would be on this list. He is on this list. You know, I I, uh, I find it amazing the volume of television time on news organizations that have made this story of Kevin Spacey allegedly fondling a young man at a bar in Nantucket, uh it is everywhere and it's all because of the clickbait. It's all because of the fact that Kevin Spacey is famous. That Kevin Spacey is a very talented, uh, award-winning actor. So we're, we're going to use that as our, the reason for all this. Uh, and I just, I, I just find it ridiculous. I find it. I don't. I don't have any issues with two consenting adults doing whatever the hell they want. What do I care? What do you care? Really? Does is is well? What happens in Kevin Spacey's issue affect your life? Probably not, unless you're related. Unless he's fond of you. I don't know. All I'm saying is, is that our news media picks the damnedest things to underscore and to embellish and this is a prime example of it's wrong if it's happened uh against someone's will uh the kid was alleged was 18 i guess that's legal so if he didn't say stop or no then that's probably gonna hurt his case but in any event you can have uh it seemed like we have a break-in by Gene Casares on HLN about every 20 minutes with the same shot in front of that courthouse, that, that place there in, the, in Nantucket, with the same basic story. There's no new information, but they can't tell you that. Nothing new to report on the Kevin Spacey ordeal. Next, traffic. Well, the another candidate has to be the social media mob mentality of those Chicago Bear fans who wanted to lynch Cody Parkey, the field goal kicker, who uh, got roasted for missing the potentially game-winning field goal in the Bears' uh, playoff loss to the Eagles. And uh, upon further review, we find out that the kick was actually blocked. It was rerouted after being touched by Eagles defensive tackle Trayvon Hester. If you're going to blame this on anybody, blame it on Trayvon. Uh, and I thought that Parky did a hell of a job in handling the media and his post-game uh, scrum, and because they were feeding like crazy people, they were eat- they were feeding like they are eating enough to go to the electric chair, man. So uh, it's sad. No, didn't have all the story. Had a knee jerk. Let's roll with it. Let's be first. Not cool. Uh. This cat that wanted to rob uh, Brazilian USC female fighter Pollyanna Viana, You think he's regretting that? You see the pictures of that dude? He, he tried to rob this fighter and uh, she put him down with two punches and a kick uh, while she waited for the police to arrive. And uh, I mean, she beat the hell out of this guy. If, the, if his face was indicative of two shots she's a bad woman. But how stupid and how unlucky can a guy be? This robber, this alleged robber, was not only stupid, but he was also had bad timing. Shouldn't rob anybody, and the last thing you want to do is rob a MMA fighter and to add insult to injury to the male ego. He get his ass whipped bad by a female. Not that would happen to a lot of us. Not good planning for the uh, the would be mugger in Brazil. And finally, the Pecun Goofy Award goes to those involved in the production and presentation uh, that has caused a social outrage, uh, uh, an outrage in social media, I should say. Uh, Miss Kelly, Miss Priscilla Kelly, uh, was booked to. Perform a very unsavory and unwanted creative piece of business uh, in the using a fictitious used tampon in a spot. I don't care if it's in a bar. I don't care if it's if it's under the guise of our business, pro wrestling. This has no place. And, I, and I'm going to, oh, yeah, well, Jr. you were involved in the Katie Vick deal, and you are involved in this and that. Yep, I, I, get, I, was, I think I may have done the commentary on Mae Young giving birth to a hand. But I didn't write it. I didn't endorse it. I didn't brag about being a part of it. I did my job. Largely, I'm assuming what Miss Kelly did. She did her job. Because I can't believe that someone would, have, would think that this is a good idea for themselves to do just can't feel it don't see it don't understand why it is it's all about the knee-jerk and not one person that was at that venue that night I'm, i'm suggesting maybe i'm wrong made any money on that whole proposition they just got negative publicity and it made the business it influenced a bad shadow over the business uh, by the amount of media exposure that it got. And I can say that I'm sorry I was part of that uh, process because when I first saw it, I uh, reacted on Twitter, and it uh, it created a buzzsaw of emotions from people. I got credit- criticized for for saying anything about it. I got, I got lauded for saying what I thought about it. It was crazy, the world we live in, man, the world we live in. And uh, social media fuels so much of it. And that's a dangerous damn place to be. So the Pet Coon Goofy Award goes to those that have the bright idea of using a quote-unquote faux used tampon in a pro wrestling uh, environment. Uh, You, sir, ma'ams, whatever, are this week's winner. And I'm not sending you any prizes. And that's Pet Coon Goofy. Because you are... One lousy son of a! B- oh no! Moving right along in this week's edition of the uh, Jim Ross Report on the mighty Westwood One. Uh it's time for this week in wrestling, or this week in wrestling. Where you prefer? Your call. I'm not going to tease you about it. Can you? Can you? Do you, you have any idea how many times I've been teased for being a wrestling fan in my lifetime? It used to really bother me. I think at times it probably prevented me from some job opportunities because I was, quote-unquote, that wrestling guy. But I got no regrets. And this week in wrestling is a great evidence of that because there's some great history here that we're going to talk about, including 30 years ago in the summit in Houston, Texas. It was the uh, Royal Rumble 1989 from the WWF at that time, the second annual Royal Rumble. The first we held on pay-per-view, by the way and uh in the main event big john stud last illuminated ted DiBiase to win the 30-man royal rumble match uh also on that card uh king haku with bobby the brain defeated harley race to earn the king of the ring crown in cape got to remember the cape 28 years ago january the 11th 1991 uh, the Meadowlands in east rutherford new jersey uh wcw live event non-televised uh as, as best i recall uh tom Zink defeated the the black angel to retain the wcw tv title i don't remember off the top of my head who the black angel was lex luger defeated mr hughes in a football challenge match to retain the wcw u.s title uh steiner brothers defeated the master blasters remember them uh, the team of Barry Windham and Arn Anderson, boy, they were good, defeated the WCW World Tag Team Champions Doom, Butch Reed and Ron Simmons in a non-title steel cage match. That's unique booking, isn't it? A non-title steel cage match. That, to me, would have had to be the blow-off of a very personal issue. And then the main event, Ric Flair, penned NWA World Heavyweight Champion Sting, and Flair became the first ever wcw world heavyweight champion and my question to you is who else would you have wanted to be nobody but the nature 26 years ago this is kind of cool january the 11th 1993 that's right before i came to wwe just a few weeks several weeks i guess in 93 it was the premier edition of wwe monday night raw debuted live from the manhattan center in new york city uh Vince McMahon, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Rob Bartlett were on the commentary. Uh, And it was a series of of somewhat pedestrian-like wins for some of the stars. Yokozuna got a win. The Steiner Brothers got a win. Shawn Michaels got a win. And in the main event, uh, The Undertaker defeated uh, Damian Demento. Yes, I said main event. So that started hell and error, didn't it? Monday Night Raw. 1993 just missed it, about that much being on the first show, maybe probably not 21 years ago in Madison square garden, the garden, uh, the, uh, by the way, this was on the same day that Mike Tyson signed with WWF for an appearance as a special enforcer at WrestleMania 14s, uh, title match, Austin and uh, Sean, uh, but it was a big card. I remember that card. I think I saw the pencil we wrote that card down on. Taka Michinoku defeated Brian Christopher to obtain the uh, light heavyweight title. The Godwins defeated the Headbangers in a country whipping tag match. Ooh, The team of LOD and The Undertaker defeated DX, uh, New Age Outlaws, and Shawn Michaels in a steel cage three-on-three match. Vader defeated Goldust from that card. Kane defeated Chains. And in the main event of the evening, one fall to a finish. Uh, the team of Steve Austin and Cactus Jack, who, by the way, was subbing for Dude Love, wink, wink, defeated the team of The Rock and D. Lo Brown in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Lots of nice names on that show. Good talents, man, huh? Good depth. Skill workers. skill, Good skill sets represented on that card. I remember this one pretty well january the 9th 2005 we were in the coliseo de puerto rico in san jose puerto rico for new year's revolution a big pay-per-view there held a house full full house as i recall uh interesting bunch of names here and 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 good guys it meant something i think uh to have good travelers we had a lot of good travelers there but you can tell that the last card i talked about in the garden in 98 and look how the card comes around in 19 and 2005. There's a change. And, uh, but for example, on this card, uh, the team of Eugene and William Regal defeat the team of Christian and T- Tyson Tomko to retain the tag titles. Trish Stratus defeated Lita to earn a women's title. They, they always had good matches. I thought Shelton Benjamin defeated Maven to retain the intercontinental title. And this is the big one, folks. Huge! You never seen anything like this match I'm about to talk about. Muhammad Hussein with Davari, the evil Davari at ringside, defeated our hero Jerry the King Lawler with yours truly at ringside. And by the way, I didn't help a damn bit. <laughs> oh well, my successes isn't that, in that squared circle around it. Just not very stellar. I'm sorry. Didn't sorry, but. Uh, The goal was to make Muhammad Hassan a star. And he was well on his way to becoming that before it kind of unraveled and went south on him. Uh, Kane defeated Snitsky in a singles match and the main event of the evening. It was the Elimination Chamber for the vacant world heavyweight title. Triple H defeated Batista, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, Edge and Randy Orton, God, there's some good guys. Wow, that's an all-star team. So, uh, and I remember that was a great match. They had a really good match, I thought. And then finally, for this one, uh, this week in wrestling, four years ago, January 14th, 2014, a sad day for many of us. Fellow WWE Hall of Fame member and professional wrestling Hall of Fame member, the great May Young. Passed away on this date in 2014. Uh, she is her legacy still is on in WWE with their annual Mae Young Classic Women's uh, cha- Tournament, which champions include Kyrie Sane in 2017, a match at a tournament I broadcast with uh, the and Tony Storm, who I think has a brilliant upside. She won it in 2018. And Mae was Johnny Mae was her actual her real name Johnny Mae Young. Johnny Mae was raised as a real tomboy. I think her daddy wanted a boy because May played on all the men's sports teams. And in that era, that was unheard of. How do you even govern it? How do you legislate that? It was a problem. So uh, May was really a, a, very physical. She had a tryout with Leroy McGurk when she was in high school. And I can't remember who it was that came in. It might've been, um, it might've been, uh, Mildred Burke. And, uh, they had a private workout. Uh, at the YMCA or wrestling room somewhere affiliated with that, or maybe at the arena. I'm not sure. And Mae roughed uh, Mildred up pretty bad, and Mae didn't even know how to wrestle. She was a strong, physical, uh, a little, little nasty, a little, little killer instinct. And that's when they realized that they found their policeman, which means that they had somebody that could have authority and make sure that the other her peers are doing right. So when somebody didn't want to do business, they got booked with the policeman. And in the process of being booked with a policeman, you generally got the hell beat out of you. And May was always good for that. God bless her. What a nice lady. Nice lady. And a Hall of Famer from Oklahoma. How about that? You know, the WD, they have, they've had Watts. they got the, both Briscoes. May. Who else? Denny Hodge is not in the Hall of Fame, which is ridiculous. Considering I am and he's not. Are you kidding me? That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Birthdays. Oh, we've got a lot of good birthdays here this week. I enjoy this right here. I enjoy it by and large. Uh, on Wednesday, the 9th of January, as we are recording this, you remember the WWF Truth Commission? Kind of a heel faction. Sniper, a.k.a. Luke Poirier, is 58. I could, that was not be a trivia question I could have answered. Who played the role of the sniper? Is it Luke Poirier? Is it somebody else or another person? <laughs> uh, my former SmackDown broadcast partner, now doing MMA and doing quite well, uh, Todd Grisham, is 43 years old. He's probably still recovering from the fact that his Alabama team did not quite get over the hump. They beat my team's ass. I'll give them that. Any Alabama fan, including Conrad Thompson. that was a, I just didn't see that coming, man. Uh, also, uh, birthday number 28 for uh, Ruby Riot, if that is her real name. Uh, her birthday is on Wednesday as well. It's happy birthday, Ruby. Thursday, two time NWA Pacific Northwest Heavyweight Champion, Colonel De Beers, 74 years old. Ed. Wisnowski, good guy, smart guy, Uh, and a good head for the business. Uh, Two-time world heavyweight champion, Big George Foreman. He's got a birthday on Thursday. Five-time WCW world tag team champion, Marcus Alexander Buff Bagwell is 49. Happy birthday to Buff. You know, uh, Buff Bagwell and I had a nice little conversation. I'll get him on the show here soon, I hope, Uh, at uh, WrestleCade on Thanksgiving weekend, last place I saw me and Jean, And it's kind of serendipitous that also in that I think uh, Buff and I made peace. I was never angry with him, although nobody likes people to say things about them that are hurtful. I didn't retaliate, I'm not going to retaliate, not worth my time. But I was very blessed and pleased that before the holidays, we were able to shake hands and uh, move on. Because there's no reason to have the animosities over, over anything that you don't have to carry with you, and neither one of us—I think both of us—decided we don't—we don't have to carry that with us. Let's leave that behind. Also, former WWF Tag Champion, the late Brian Christopher, will be 47 on Thursday. I just talked to his dad, Jerry the King, here uh, lately, a couple of times this week, and it's tough. You know, Christmas was hard on Jerry. And his his family unit, all, Christmas is a big thing in his family, and not having his son there, uh, and his, his mom's gone, his brother's gone, his sister-in-law's gone. You get the picture. That's what we all face is you getting this back nine thing, man. So, uh, Brian, we missed talented kid. Uh, also, the daughter of Jimmy Snooker, Tamina Snooker, is 41. She looks great, by the way. Looks really good. Uh, On Friday, two-time British welterweight champion, the man you love to hate. I love that. The man you love to hate. The late Mick McManus would have been 99 on uh, Friday. He was a hell of a heel. Great villain. Great villain. The patriarch of the Guerrero wrestling family, the innovative, resourceful, double-tough, gory Guerrero would have been 98 on Friday. Oh, he had good wrestling DNA, didn't he? Lord. Former NWA Georgia heavyweight champion, Abdullah the Butcher. Abby is 78 years old on Friday. I actually saw him at the uh, at Wrestlecade in, uh, in Winston-Salem on Thanksgiving weekend. Abby looked like Abby. And uh, we're good seeing him, quite frankly. On Saturday, the king of all media, Howard Stern, We'll celebrate his 65th birthday. We're right there together. The only thing different between Howard and myself are, is the fact that he's about eight inches taller and much richer than I. But he is the king of all media, and uh, he's he's helped a lot of guys. When he was working on top, by the by, the, you know, using that wrestling vernacular, he made a lot of people a lot of money. He's carried a network on his back, Sirius XM, which I... I'm a regular listener. You know, I'm a big fan of Busted Open Radio every Monday through Friday. Uh, you know, they come on at uh, eight, o'clock, uh, yeah, 8 o'clock my time, Central Time, 8 to noon. Then it repeats. So you got no excuse if you don't listen. Uh, it's worth the uh, subscription and the app and all those good things. Uh, Dave LaGreca. Bully Ray, I listened. I was listening to those guys today on my way to record my podcast. It's always good, good tune up for me. They do a great job. Uh, check them out. So, but Howard is the, hes the Howard's the bull of the woods there. Case closed, Ernie. Uh, former WWE superstar, probably WWF more specifically, the late Luna Vachon would have been fifty-seven on Saturday. I remember Kevin Sullivan used to call her lunatic. <laughs> Luna was very intense, and uh, God bless her. She had a lot of problems, a lot of issues she had to deal with. And I think mental illness is just a—it's something that some people just can't find distance from. It's just always there, always there. But boy, she was talented, a lot more talented than people give her credit for being. Uh, One third of the ECW's original Dudley Brothers stable, missing. Bust open, above Bubba the Dudley's there. B- Bully Ray now. I, get, I screw that up every other time I say it. But uh, the late Alex Rizzo, a.k.a. Big Dick Dudley. Big Dick would have been 51 years old on, the, on Saturday. I think we all should get together and celebrate Big Dick's birthday. There's nothing like a Big Dick celebration in many cultures. Alex Rizzo. Rest in peace on Sunday, uh, legacy inductee to the WWE hall of fame class of 2017, the late bearcat, Wright. What a great African-American, uh, wrestler. He was broke a lot of barriers, uh, was a world champion recognized by some organizations way ahead of his time, uh, did a great job in bringing forward, creating relevance and a worth to many of the African-American athletes. Uh, good for him. Always heard decent things about Bearcat Right, Big guy, too. Look, all natural. Just, you know, great DNA, man. Uh, Member of the world-famous Hart wrestling family, of Bruce Hart, is 69. Uh, four-time ECW World Tag Team Champion, the late John Cronus, would have been 50 on Sunday. Former WWE superstar, the recently retired Gene Snitsky, graduate of the, of the University of Missouri, former Missouri Tiger Alum football player. Big Gene is 49 on Sunday. Happy birthday, big fella. And one half the former WWE tag champion, Crime Time, Shad Gaspard, with 38. God, he's still a young pup. Why aren't you in the ring, man? 38. On Monday, fellow WWE Hall of Famer, Class 2011, the winner of the first ever Royal Rumble match, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, 65. We're right there. I'm sixty seven now. He's sixty five. Right there. Every day's a blessing, folks. Former WWE superstar Ernest the Cat Miller. A lot of charisma in that cat. No pun intended. Ernest will be fifty five on Monday. I this kid I got a I got a lot of time for this King of Rose, Matt Riddle. I think he's gonna be really big and bigger much bigger sooner than later. Uh he's thirty three, by the way, on Monday. So and he's in great shape, looks good. Uh, I just uh, he's he's got a lot of things going for him that if he gets in the right storyline, the right presentation, the right dedication for everybody involved in the process, and it is a total process, Matt Riddle can be big, big time. Also, NXT superstar competitor in this year's May Young Classic, Casey Cantazaro will be twenty nine on Monday. She's just a young lass, 29 years old. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, the great Martin Luther King would have been 90. I'm not going to leave that out. He did too much for too many people. And I don't think he's still giving the credit that he deserves. But you know he'll get it on, on uh, Raw because the owner of WWE is probably the biggest Martin Luther King Jr. fan in the world. Former NWA president and booker for Championship Wrestling from Florida, the brilliant Eddie Graham would have been 89 on Tuesday. Eddie was the mentor of so many great stars that came through the Florida championship wrestling company. He was a mentor, a teacher. Uh, and the thing I liked about Eddie Graham was that he put a guy in a position, let him go do his job and he took some chances. You know, uh, that's like, uh, I think they, they made Bill watch the booker and then watch one of watches the uh, things he wanted to do was to make dusty Rhodes go from being a upper level heel to the guy, the baby face in Florida as the American dream. It took a, that's a bold move. You got a guy that's drawn as a heel that people would like to see compete. And all of a sudden you're going to recast him into another action adventure role. And it worked. Oh, did it work? Oof. Also celebrating a birthday on Tuesday, he would have been 79, the late Tommy Gilbert, father of Eddie Gilbert, uh, many times Southern heavyweight champion, uh, stalwart in the Memphis territory. Very talented guy. I mean, he came to work for McGurk toward the tail end of his run. He drove a uh, uh, Firebird just like Tommy... Uh, Tommy drove a Firebird just like Burt Reynolds did in Smoking a Bandit. He had the same hat, he had the same mustache, he had the same glasses. I swear to you, at first brush, you think, well, there's Burt Reynolds. And then he became a referee later on. Also, the winner of the inaugural World Cup, <laughs> Shane McMahon is, will be 49. The winner of the inaugural WWE World Cup, Shane McMahon, will be 49 years of age on Tuesday. He is a risk taker. And you know he's going to be involved in something at WrestleMania. You know it's going to happen. You know I'm right. You know what I'm saying? And finally, for birthdays this week, we enter on a very beautiful note. I saw her at uh, WrestleCade. My God, I'm doing a WrestleCade uh, infomercial here. You should go, folks. Thanksgiving weekend Winston-Salem. It's a great, great event. Kelly Kelly is a tender 32 years of age. Maybe one of the top two or three natural beauties to ever sign with WWE. Just was not a manufactured diva. She was, I think she was beautiful from day one. And uh, if you, I met her mother, who's another lovely. You can tell why, uh, how uh, Kelly Kelly is so beautiful but if you've met her mom. It's good DNA. And what a nice person. Kelly Kelly is 32 years of age. And Kelly, happy birthday to you. And remember, kids, old JR's got the cake. You've got mail. Hey, remember, you can uh, email uh, producer Ted and myself uh, at uh, the following address, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. The Jim Ross Report at Gmail.com. And why, you may ask, what I want to email you to Yox Well, because uh, producer Ted is very attached to you people, as am I, and we want to know what you're thinking. You got any ideas for guests, feedback on the show, uh, a topic to talk about, any, anything at all? Uh, hit us at The Jim Ross Report at Gmail.com, and we will dance at your next wedding, as they say down in Eastern Oklahoma. This is from Leon Atterbury. Oh, Leon. Hey, JR, I had the pleasure of attending your show in Cleveland in December. First of all, thanks for the memories. I've listened to you since Mid-South and had the pleasure of taking a picture with you in 1996 at the Hall of Fame dinner in New York City. My question, how long did it take you to accept the opening up of the business and the influence of the dirt sheets? P.S. I'm happy to say I was wrong about Baker Mayfield. See there, I told you. Don't doubt my boy now. Number six got a new head coach. They got a, They're they're going to be fine. It's all good. Uh I'm still not really, uh, really ho- amazingly open to the how uh, the business is as far as pulling the old proverbial curtain back and revealing so much information uh i don't know how it helped anything as far as the uh created presentation and that's what we should be working on that's what makes people tune in and come back and buy tickets and react and move the needle so i'm really not comfortable with it right now but it is what it is cats out of the bag what does that do the, the genies out of the bottle Every time I think of that, I think of Barbara Eden. I think of a genie. And when I think of Barbara Eden, I think of Deborah McMichael. I think they look alike. Just me. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure somebody will correct me. Uh, Both beautiful ladies, by the way. From Jonathan, England in Columbus, Ohio, where the Ohio State Buckeyes won the Rose Bowl. They're back home celebrating. The Urban Meyer era is over maybe some normalcy return to the lovely city of columbus and uh, jonathan wants to know if i ever seen Vince man with facial hair uh, the closest i have ever seen Vince man to facial hair is missing shaving one day sometimes uh i would notice on the saturday mornings when we would go i would go to his home to do the uh live event booking and the process of payroll and other talent relations oriented things that that uh, he and I collaborated on he would not have shaved that morning that's the closest you're gonna get in, in my opinion he's not gonna be like my friend the former Oklahoma coach Bob Stoops and grow a beard ain't gonna happen booking request on Daniel Harris uh, Jr. I just want to drop you a line to wish you a happy new year and all the best for 2019 uh, I'm a regular listener to your show uh, and enjoyed your show with King as well as Jim Cornette. Any chance you could get Ted DiBiase, one of my favorite wrestlers from the eighties and nineties, or Paul Heyman uh, on your show? Well, yes, there's certainly a chance. I've had Ted on uh, before. I think I've had Paul e. on before, but it's been a while for both. So yeah, that's. I'd love to have uh, Paul on before uh, the Royal Rumble if we can make that happen. But that's another that's another hill to climb, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah and Ted is a great guest and we'll get him back on. No doubt about that. James snow in Washington, DC says, hello, J.R. I love the podcast and your barbecue sauce growing up. I was always a big fan of Kane, a Canaanite since 1998. Uh, even my new t-shirt, uh, Canaanite since 1998. Uh, even though he never ascended to Stone Cold Rock or Undertaker status, do you believe he, he gets the respect that he deserves from fellow wrestlers, both young and old? Hell yeah. Absolutely, James. Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, is one of the most respected people that I've ever known in the business. And when he was running for office uh, as the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, I said on many occasions that uh, I never uh, hired or signed a more honorable a grounded uh, in, individual with with immense character. He he's the real deal. So yeah, absolutely. Everybody has great respect for Glenn, and uh, as they should. He's a good man, and uh, and was a very very uh, amazing attraction in the world of pro wrestling. From Tan in Southern California, love this week's show. When you mentioned John Cena giving Becky the rub, that was a missed opportunity, Jr. To plug your Jr's. Uh, seasoning and other products. You're right, Tan. I dropped the ball, didn't I? I dropped the the seasoning. Uh, Yeah, missed an opportunity to to shill more. This, uh, finally, from Jeremiah Godfrey. Jeremiah wants to know what I think about the new promotion, AEW, doing a weekly show on a streaming service like Amazon Prime. Uh, They could do a weekly show and pay-per-views on the same service. Uh, well, I'll tell you, Jeremiah, we're going to be joined soon by Ryan Satin, uh, the pro wrestling sheet. I think Ryan's probably going to be uh, better informed to answer that question. We'll get into, uh, television, uh, AEW's television situation because as I maybe have mentioned here already, I, I believe it. I don't think you go on and do a big presentation like they, like, uh, those folks did on the, the cons uh on aew on tuesday if you're not pretty damn set on your television outlet so i think the television outlet is more set than people probably uh, know and maybe they're not ready to know or need to know right now maybe it's not maybe there's an i not dotted or t crossed whatever but uh getting on a, a basic cable channel network to me is imperative but we'll talk more about that with ryan satin and that is a look at this week's mailbag. Fun show today as we continue our broadcast. Thanks. thanks you guys for being with us at Ryan Satin on Twitter at wrestling sheet on Twitter. You may have other mysterious Twitter handles that we're not aware of, but we'll do our best to investigate such during this conversation. I welcome for the first time Ryan Satin to
1: our show. Ryan, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. I'm uh you know, I I'm a huge fan of yours obviously forever, so I am very happy to finally be on here and chat about wrestling with you, especially a day like today where we had such a huge day in wrestling news. I think it's perfect timing.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's good timing. We got lucky on that one and I, I appreciate you joining us and I'm looking forward to the conversation. But first I wanted to ask you, a lot of people uh would if they saw you. Would recognize you from TMZ. I've always wondered: uh, do do the reporters? You can tell everybody. Obviously, uh, you know, you used to wear wrestling t-shirts, which got my attention. Uh, <laughs> then you became my favorite guy on the TMZ show because you were a wrestling fan, and I could gravitate to you because we had a uh, a identifiable common
1: interest. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Also, helped that your that your wife was a big TMZ fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was. She loved, <laughs> she she never missed a show, God bless her. She, uh, uh, man, Jan, I, before you get into that, I just, Jan, she gave me, like, the coolest night I've ever had in wrestling at the Hall of, you know, after uh, WrestleMania during the, one of the after parties. So I, 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 I've been sad about, you know, her passing ever since it happened. And I just, I haven't spoken to you really since it happened. So I really am, I, I'm so, so, so sorry about everything that happened with Jan because she was the nicest person, one of the nicest people I've ever met in wrestling.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, she was a, she was. I've much uh, outpunted my coverage on that 25 uh, <laughs> year uh, relationship, and that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I hear that. A, a I'm lot of people. Curly, share,
1: I'm, da- I'm dating a curly haired redhead as well, so I get it.
0: Yeah, my uh, you know my uh, uh, people I come in contact with often say things like you're saying about her, and I it just reaffirms the fact that I really outpunted my coverage, and and I uh, you know she was just. Uh, I just overexceeded in that regard. So, but it was a great, I'm glad you had a good time. And she, she had a lot, there's a lot of those stories out there where her hospitality skills and ability to make people comfortable made her the perfect wife for the head of talent relations.
1: Oh, I can imagine. She, she literally, that night, and I don't know how much you remember of it because I know you've done a lot of things in wrestling, but that night was so special to me because I remember. You know, I, I saw you, and then you introduced me to Jan. She was so happy because she was a TMZ fan, and she literally, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, there's a there's a post WrestleMania uh, after party, and I, I got lucky enough to go one year. Uh, it was uh, when it was in New Jersey, and uh, I I you know I uh, when I met Jan, she literally was like, oh Ryan, I have to introduce you to everyone, and she took me around the party, <laughs> and she introduced me to Bruno San Martino, CM Punk, Lita. Wow. The, every single person that I was looking up to at the time, was, I was very new in the industry. I was only on TMZ, but you know, I I, 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 it was the coolest night ever. It was coolest.
0: Good deal. Good to hear that. Good story. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking, is it, does it get competitive on your on the newsroom floor, or, or Ie your studio when you're on TMZ for 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 a camera time? Do people do the, <laughs> people, the staffers that are on television? For their their beloved embrace soundbite, do they keep track of how long they're on camera type thing? Because that's how I envision it. Uh, that there's a lot of jealousy and uh, and angst in that process. Am I even close to being right? No, you're
1: right, but it's it's much more low key. Uh, I think that you know everyone deep down inside is thinking it, but it's weird. There's this like uh, there's this vibe at TMZ when you're there that it's almost like if you want to be on the TV show. Then they use you less on the TV show. It feels like they want people who almost uh, come across as not wanting to be there on the show. So I think that uh, it, it, it yes, but they all do it in secret. There's you know you can look at the the edit of the show. Everyone on their you know their work computer can see the edit of the show as it's being made, and they're definitely all checking throughout the day to see you know which of their segments got used. Uh, and definitely in the morning, you know when the stories get handed out, I think that there's a little bit of a Oh, well, why didn't I get that good video? Or why did I get these crappy stories to to pitch on the television show? In in fact, you know, when I first started there, uh, I wasn't on the news desk. I was just a production assistant. And they were like, hey, we like you. You're, You're fun. Can you start pitching things on the show? And I was like, yeah, but I always got stuff that I wasn't really interested in. It was like random celebrities I wasn't familiar with or stuff that was kind of like the C story or C video that they just kind of like threw my way to see if I could make something work out of it. And you know, because of that, I was like, well, I want to work on the news desk where I can be a producer and produce my own stories and then pitch those stories that I know will be entertaining on the show. And that's largely what led me to, to the news desk was because I wanted to be able to start pitching my own stories. And then that's what latched me on to wrestling. But, yeah, you know, you're you're definitely on the money. I mean, all newsrooms are are fierce places. And that one is definitely it's a cutthroat place. And there's definitely people, you know, there's definitely some people who want to be on the show more than others, for sure, for sure.
0: Did you ever get any uh, uh, dialogue from your your peers there about wearing so many wrestling shirts?
1: Uh, you know, I, not really. I don't think you know. Most of them did. I don't think it was even really. They don't really even notice it. I mean, yes, they saw my love for wrestling, and they would give me you know they'd give me crap for it on the show all the time. Um, but no, no. I mean, not not really. You know, I think I think to be honest with you, they were surprised at how much there was a audience in the wrestling community of TMZ viewers, I think, you know, when I first started there, it was like, well, we'll cover when someone passes away or when yeah. someone gets arrested. Right. And I think, you know, I, I really pushed hard to like try and do more well-rounded wrestling coverage when I was there. And, you know, I could only do a story here and there because I couldn't only do wrestling coverage. But, right. uh, but, but yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that I, you know, I tried. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, uh, good exposure. Let's look. Just wearing the, the wrestling T-shirts. Uh, and I don't know how many you got from Pro Wrestling Tees in <laughs> Chicago. That's where I get mine. And uh, they do a great job. they Ryan Bark and his guys do a great job. They were actually, uh,
1: the, when I first started, you know, when I was kind of starting that of wearing the T-shirts on TMZ all the time, it was 100% because of Pro Wrestling Tees. You know, before it was only WWE shop. And when Pro Wrestling Tees opened... You know, I was familiar with them right when they opened, and I was like, "Man, this is a great idea." These are so many people whose shirts I want. I want their shirts. These are wrestlers whose shirts I want, and I went crazy buying those shirts in the beginning. A hundred percent. I I hundred percent was because of pro wrestling tees in the beginning, and 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 it's it's funny that you you know even you still kind of like you know think of me that way because like wearing the shirts on TMZ and 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 wrestling you know the wrestling community getting you know noticing it and then you know wrestlers you know paying attention to it and being happy that I was supporting them on on you know broadcast you know network television um i it really is the reason i was able to start my own website to be honest with you like i because of doing that you know because of TMZ giving me that platform uh and and i before that i used to hide that i was a wrestling fan like i didn't go telling everyone i was a wrestling fan um i you know it was kind of like my 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 guilty pleasure you know in in my you know at home i'd read wrestling websites and read all the results and the rumors and all that kind of stuff um but i didn't really talk about it because it's not you know like besides the attitude era it started you know, once the attitude was over it, it stopped being like the cool thing to talk about so i just kind of stopped talking about it you know with people and then when i started at tmz i think i i wore like one or two wrestling shirts and i remember I, that was when Twitter was still a new, you know, kind of a new thing. And I remember going on Twitter and ever being like, hey, you're wearing wrestling shirts. That's awesome. Like, we love wrestling. so cool seeing someone on TV wear wrestling shirts. And I was like, man, there's a lot of wrestling fans out there. Like, maybe I shouldn't be as hidden about this as I thought I should. And, and it's largely why I'm where I'm at today.
0: I think a lot of us just get tired of being, quote, unquote, fat shamed for being a wrestling fan. It's, I've, I've incurred it for over 50 years, you know, ever since I was a little kid. And I and I declared my love of the of the genre. Uh, I've I've caught crap for it, and uh, and largely a lot of it was from my my family and my uh, my biggest influence, my father. So, uh, but I've battled that all along. And anybody that's a wrestling fan that's listening to this can certainly identify with it. There's been a family member, a close friend, somebody, an acquaintance that knows you're a fan and gives you hell for it. So, uh, but that's that to me that's so uh, such a waste of time and. And the person giving you the hell is probably one of the more insecure people you know. So, what does their what does their opinion count anyway? Quite frankly,
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that it feels like to me. It's just something that like was ingrained to them from 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 a young age from their parents saying, "Don't watch that; it's fake" or, or something like that. And they just kind of start to repeat it, and they don't even really give it a chance because most people, when they say that, "Oh, it's fake," and you you have like a normal response to them, they don't know what to say next. So, right? So, yeah
0: i say john wayne wasn't a cowboy either but i've seen every one of his westerns about 20 times each so what's that mean in a big picture and then uh, they just have a
1: blank stare back and don't know what oh to yeah, say. <laughs> they,
0: they have nothing to say uh <laughs> the uh big day in jacksonville on tuesday uh i watched it on uh, one of the multiple streaming opportunities that were available uh big day for pro wrestling how did you see it
1: you know, obviously, there's there's things you can nitpick about it, and I'm sure we'll 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 talk about it in more detail. But you know, as a whole, I thought they did exactly what they needed to do, and that was you know, come out swinging, start things off with a bang, literally with tons of fireworks and pyro, and figuratively. But they came out swinging uh, to show that they're not just um, you know some indie promotion that they're. Uh, they're coming in as a heavy hitter they want to be num- they want to be number one not number two they they want to be the alternative and they want to give something different to to the wrestling audience the 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 things that they crave and and I really think they they accomplished that uh, and to be honest with you you know this is the most excited I've been to cover wrestling in in years you know I I, I grew up during the attitude era I grew up during a time when wrestling was cool to to, to a, a huge huge audience of people much more than it is now and and it was part of the mainstream and it was it was huge and i think that because there's been no real competition for for the wwe like real competition like someone who want who, a bunch of people in place that that have a have the the the, the the balls and the smarts to possibly create competition hasn't happened in a long time especially just one billionaire not a billionaire company but like one billionaire rolling in and and being like hey I'm in the wrestling business now like Ted Turner back in the day so so I thought that they did a really good job of a lot of things of just of, of awareness of dominating the news day uh, of of being on WWE's radar uh, of just of just everything, I think that 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 they did a they, they accomplished everything they needed to do on day one,
0: and they got a, a great deal of uh, social media play out of it. That seems to be a, a strong suit for this uh, group's audience. Uh, the all in audience was built and sold on primarily on social media, which I've said this before. You know, I caught some hell on Twitter the other day when I said I don't understand why many of more of the males in WWE are not using Twitter. Like their female counterparts to promote their in-ring personas, their matches, the uh, tune-in factor of their shows are going to be on, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, to make bit more fans. And then I, you know, then you get these. Well, the you get everybody's got an excuse. God damn, man, I'm just tired of living in a world where there's nothing but excuses. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's well the women know it's harder and they work harder. Or well, I don't. Know, maybe they do, but I don't think that's a very good reason
1: no i don't either and i was kind of surprised that you caught so much crap for that comment because it it did make sense to me you know personally i think one of the reasons the women are starting to outshine the men uh and and gain on them in terms of popularity is because is largely because of the way they use social media uh the, the women in wwe are killing it and they they are similarly to the young bucks like they're, they're creating a, it feels like they're creating a movement almost that you know they're 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 they're, they're they're showing fans like, hey, you're with us. We want to advance women's wrestling. You're with us. Help us advance women's wrestling by joining us. And it's similar to what the Young Bucks are doing of like, hey, help us. Join us to change wrestling. And I think that, you know, I do think that largely for the most part, the men are kind of a, a lot of the, the men on the WWE roster that I see are using social media to kind of like talk crap about the people on social media sometimes. And I, I don't think it's as uh, helpful to, to promotion for promotion.
0: You no, know, it's – it, well, that's the – that age group, that gender's defiant uh, uh, society thing. You know, it's a – everybody's got to stand out in that light. There's a lot of ways to stand out, quite frankly, you know, and, and as we make our journey through this world. But, you know, it doesn't always have to be confrontational or defiant. And that's, that's – it Seem like that's the, the common hat hanger these days for – especially pro wrestling guys is to just – they, they feel like that that's, they're obligated to do that, much like some of the wrestlers feel like they're obligated to continue, continue to up the bar on taking amazing risks for little reward while putting together a wrestling match. It just doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with you there. And I, I, I think that the, you know, I myself uh, fell into that social media trap for a little bit. And I'm really trying hard to climb out of it because I, I, I think that working alone in my apartment for a few years. You start to like, like, like I started to feel like social media was the, was the thing I had to listen to most. And, uh, I started, I've luckily realized that, that it's not the real world. Like what a lot of the times the, 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 the biggest narrative on, on social media is not what's being talked about in the real world is not normal, not necessarily what is actually a reflection of, of society. So I, I, I really have done a, I've been trying to dig my way out of it and not be so reactive on social media about certain things. Now, I obviously fall into it just like everybody else every once in a while, but I really am trying because I do think that the the that shining the light on every single negative thing just makes the world feel like it's a negative place. And there's so there are so many positive things going on. Uh, and so yeah, I, I do think that a lot of people are looking to score internet points by by dunking on on other people on social media constantly. And I I I, I, I sometimes think that if people use social media to expand their mind as opposed to try and dunk on everyone who has a varying opinion, uh, it, it would be a better place like it used to be.
0: I agree. Uh, I agree on that wholeheartedly. Uh, I found it interesting. People made a big deal out of the fact that Cody said, and by the way, I don't What is it? What is it? The, are they EVPs? Are they VPs? I'm not sure what. what yeah. A,
1: Executive I, Vice I, President.
0: Okay. Oh, there's how many of them are there? Three of them. <laughs> Okay, so the three EVPs. Yeah. I got you.
1: Yeah, Cody, Nick, and Matt, three executive vice presidents. Tony Khan is officially the president. Uh, he, 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 I believe at the top of the rally, they finally officially confirmed that he was president. But you know, in a press release that the that was sent out by All Elite Wrestling prior to the rally, it was a long statement from Shad Khan and Tony Khan, separate statements, both kind of explaining their roles in the company. Uh, and you know, Shad Khan said he's the lead investor. Um, And that you know he's wholeheartedly behind this, and that he you know his son is going to be leading the charge. Uh And and Tony talked about how he's been watching wrestling since he was seven, how he used to go to the ECW arena. Uh, So yeah, so it's 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 a solid pedigree there. Yeah, but but they're the executive VPs, and Tony is the president.
0: The greatest part of their pedigree is, uh, and notwithstanding their passion, is that they're loaded. (laughs) Yes, and and they can they can fund uh, they can fund a good drive. So here's here my my thoughts were. uh, we're talking about the wins and losses. If you're going to have anywhere close to resembling a somewhat legitimate athletic-oriented presentation, how can you not make your wins and losses meaningful? If you're going to do, if you're going to do tenth-grade uh, uh, drama class segments with alleged comedy. And, and failed attempts at such, then it doesn't matter. But I am under the impression from, if you're saying, they're, they're telling me in Russell speak that wins and losses are going to matter, then it tells me they're going back to a, uh, a retro presentation where uh, it's a more of an athletic event with drama, uh, timely comedy, bigger-than-life personalities, but above all, Amazing athletes doing amazing things in a process of structuring a pro wrestling match. That's what I got out of. We're going to, wins and losses are going to mean something. It meant a lot more than those, those, that one short statement.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, you know, you as someone who were, you know, very active when when that was more of a thing, uh, I feel like I kind of want to ask you a little bit about that because it's not necessarily, because I think some people are worried that it's going to be like, you have to do math, you know, that you have to kind of, like, do all these stats to, to be following along. I don't think that's necessarily what they meant. I think it's more like you said, like, they they, they just want to make sure it matters because it does matter when someone's losing all the time. Like, you lose faith in that wrestler or when it's every other time or when no one moves up or down the card, they all just stay in the same, you know, in the same level. It, 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 it It's it's boring when, when that's the case.
0: I agree. And you yeah, can't build is.
1: to, like, big marquee matches. I was talking about mm-hmm. this with one of my coworkers the other day is that, you know— it's hard for them to build to a big, for WWE, to build to a marquee main event anymore because you've seen a lot of the matches and, and, and you've seen these guys lose so many times that it starts to feel less special than some of the big matches like that.
0: New Japan does a real nice job of having a smaller roster in number uh, of keeping matches uh, that, are, uh, that remain special. You know the uh, obviously the three Okada Omega matches in 2018 were extraordinary in presentation. They just kept tweaking and making them better and so forth as they went forward. But they have a real nice job of sef- keeping their guys separate, uh, keeping some exclusivity to the uh, to the rivalries, to the matchups. That is a uh, athletically oriented presentation. If there's anything I would suggest, and I don't know because I haven't, I've not discussed it with anybody, probably uh, New Japan is going to be the closest analogy to what I perceive AEW might be, and I stress might be because I don't know. Uh, but if you want an athletic, you know, I think you got to go back. To, you can do more things, develop more talent. If you can do it in a reality-based manner, that people don't roll their eyes every 30 seconds because they're watching that damn wrestling again. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's credibility to it, and at least the, the presentation, bell to bell, is going to feel like you're watching a uh, kind of perverse uh, legitimate sporting event.
1: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And you know, it's something that you know when you with New Japan. You know, it's something that you could show a non-wrestling fan who who likes sports, and they'll be into it. Like they'll definitely the the athleticism shown will will make them realize that it is an athletic thing that they're watching. So yes, I agree with you. And you know, when I watch you know, the the New Japan specials, um, or even on Access TV, I I, I really feel like, t- for me as a wrestling fan, the, the one thing missing is that that. You know the, the 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 TV aspect. You know, like yes, the matches are great, but I would like to see some entertaining segments in between them. More promos, more segments that are involving the talent to help make me care about the talent more. Like you know, like like WWE. Obviously, they're not doing it as well lately, but you know, I, I want to see some of those elements as well. And I hope that, like you said, it's it's very much the New Japan style of wrestling, but mixed in with uh, a more a, a, a sports entertainment elements that are. Less uh, d- demeaning to your to, to your intelligence you know That, that don't make you feel mm-hmm. like you're a child When you're watching it because I mean for the most part be, You know being the elite is a is a, It's an adult show I mean there's cursing on it There's um you know there's adult Elements to it there's uh It's definitely not aimed at children and I think That's the huge key in getting a lot Of the wrestling fans back is, is Pulling back on the this is for children and And presenting an adult you know adult Entertainment uh, wrestling product
0: Mm-hmm uh well, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out on television. Speaking of television, here's my thoughts on that situation. The, uh, you know People were hoping to get more information, as we knew they would, because they're wrestling fans. They have an insatiable desire for more. <laughs> uh, they love new. They love fresh. They love surprises. And by God, they love more. <laughs> and we wanted more, according to many of them on social media, on, on Tuesday in Jacksonville. I'm with you. I don't. What more could you give them that was necessary? But when he, when it comes to talking about television, they didn't talk about TV. I, the, the two things you have to have to make a wrestling company successful, and I mentioned this to Tony Khan uh, the weekend of the doubleheader uh, in uh, in Long Beach, the first doubleheader we did there on the Saturday Sunday, back to back with New Japan and Access TV. Uh, he and Alex Marvez are there. They actually—I think—they stayed in my hotel in my, or, or near nearby. And so Alex and I have been friends for years, and uh, since the WCW days. And, uh, and he introduced me to Tony, and, and and we had a you know just a wrestling fan chat and have a few drinks. But I said, you know, if you're gonna if somebody was ever gonna do a, a wrestling companies, the foundation is not a mystery. It's it's all about talent and television. You can't succeed with, with one without the other. It just won't work. Well, you could do that. Well, see, now our our, uh, our uh, defiant personalities kick in now because that's the the world we live in. Well, you know, here's what you could do. You could uh, stream it over here, and you could, you know, do a thing there, and you could, you know, okay, easy, easy, pal. <laughs> have a decaf. Have a, have a Sanka and calm the fuck down. <laughs> the, the, the issue is, uh, uh, you know, the television is the king. That's your life. That's your heartbeat. That's your heartbeat. And I am of the belief. Maybe I'm wrong. That a television deal is, I guess the the polit- politically correct term would say imminent. I think a TV deal is basically done. I, I, think, I think. I think so too. I, why would you do all this, this uh, celebration and uh, this the thing on Tuesday? And all that without having more, you know, if you don't, you got, you're showing us already, you got your ducks in the order are getting there on talent. And so I'm believing that uh, they're not going to go half, half cocked here. Why would you have this major announcement, this huge event or huge company, what all that's going to happen if you didn't have TV pretty much locked up so i'm sure that the paperwork the ink's not dry and all those good things could be possibilities or they're still negotiating some finer points whatever but i believe come this fall that uh aew is going to have a very prominent uh television partner that's going to give this team uh the opportunity to be successful
1: yeah well two two things uh one yes absolutely i think television is important you know uh as much as i say You know, the ratings are are looked at in a different way when it comes to the entertainment industry. And they're maybe not um, people are looking putting too much importance on them sometimes. But I do believe that, like, yeah, you have to be on I stress that if you want to be one of the top wrestling companies in the world, you have to be on television. If you want to just, you know, make money and, and 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 do your thing, you can you can have a wrestling company that makes money that that is, you know, that you can be happy with. Uh, that isn't necessarily on television you know i think nwa is a good um example of that you know of what they're kind of doing but if you want a gun for wwe if you want to uh change the world as they say you have to be on television my dad is like my who i look to for these kinds of situations and like my dad isn't gonna watch all elite wrestling if it's on some streaming platform he needs to be able to dvr it he needs to be able to sit down and when he's got Mm -hmm. time watch it and and DVR and stuff is important. You know, like I know me, if I forget a DVR something and it doesn't show up in my queue, I forget about it sometimes. You know, it's like there's this big queue and you got to go down your list. Um, so I do think that television is extremely important to get on the the, the radar of, of, of the mainstream. And if you want to create a movement, if you want to change the world, then you have to get on television. Um, I, I agree with you in the sense that I also think they have to have this lockdown already. Uh, I'm obviously working on it. It's a, it's one of the stories that I'm trying to to hunt down my be- as best as possible. Um, obviously, I'm out here in L. A., so I I can kind of like schmooze a little bit with some of the TV type people and see what I'm hearing, you know. But uh, I will say this much, you know, Cody uh, was t- Cody spoke with the media. Cody and Brandy spoke with the media after the All Elite Wrestling rally, and one of the things that I told my reporter there to ask him was about the TV, the possibility of a TV deal. And Cody, it was great. You know, Cody was like, I'll let Brandy take over. And Brandy gave a much more corporate speak of like, hey, we have uh, stuff forthcoming. Uh, just keep your eyes out. And then the whole time she was giving the corporate speak, Cody was just winking at the camera the whole time. And then when he was done, when she was done, he basically said that the reason they didn't make more announcements yesterday is because they, they felt like Jericho... They wanted the marquee moment at the end of the show... The end of the rally to be Jericho signing with all Elite Wrestling. They felt that like, was
0: a good. That was a good move. Agreed. Was a good, he was he, he was the biggest star on the show.
1: Yes, is he's the one that? Someone, if someone goes, well, who they sign? You know, what would you see at the rally? Oh, well, they signed Chris Jericho. Back to my dad. That's what I told my dad. You know, it was you're, like, not gonna, you're
0: not going. You're not going to have a conversation. Oh, well, they said, Oh, you hear, they signed Maxwell Jacob Friedman.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and people are going to say. Who the hell is that? Yeah, and I love MJF, don't get me wrong. But but I don't,
0: hey, I don't, look, see, we're defending ourselves again.
1: (laughs) I don't heard you talking to Ted about this before we started.
0: What the hell are we doing here?
1: (laughs) Don't defend yourself. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not grilling this kid. I don't even know who he is. (laughs) No, totally. I know, totally. I, but yes, you're right. If it, when I'm talking to my dad yesterday, the only one I was able to tell him was Chris Jericho. I actually was able to tell him Neville too, because he watches WWE. Um, I you know, and I and that was a good
0: gift, by the way, Neville.
1: Absolutely,
0: good, uh, Or, or Pac.
1: And that was whatever. getting Pac. And, and and I gotta say, that was probably the most entertaining part of the the press conference for me. That everyone else was in suits and and their regular attire, and Pac. Just strolling in in full ring attire. It's, it's easier to get through
0: TSA that way. In the, with, a, with a pay stoppage, they're, they're short staffed. You just, what are you going to hide?
1: Right. I just I want to see a whole like footage of, of Neville going through the airport. Everything just traveling, one hundred percent. All in his wrestling gear, wet hair, everything, angry look, <laughs> sitting in between two people the whole time.
0: Yeah, you got, he's got to be in a center seat with a crying baby near.
1: <laughs> totally, one hundred
0: percent that's important that's very important <laughs> they have a challenging scenario in my opinion where you have active talents involved in the administration the booking and the and all the creative because it generally creates a or can create a, uh, a area of discomfort for some talents that don't have the confidence or that they're not getting the attention they need, or this is a good old boy system, or he's buddies this guy, and he's buddies with that guy, and they're, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see how those younger guys in administration uh, make that happen. Can, I'm not saying they can't because they can. They're all good guys, and I think they're all going to be fair and objective, but they're going to find out sooner than later that when you start making the creative decisions that affect somebody, and if wins and losses, again, are going to be significant again, then some people are going to take some losses. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I can tell those guys is learn how to lose. <laughs> yeah, no, well, absolutely. Well, there's, there's an art, no, really, there's an art form in that. You can goddamn sure lose and not look like a plate of piss when course. you get through. Yeah, no, and no, of no, And if the announcers are doing their job, which would be nice in this in this genre these days, then maybe the guy that's doing the quote unquote honors is enhanced by his performance and what was said about him. It's not that goddamn complicated.
1: And I also think that I, I do think that they are going to go that direction. You know, I think that I think that all in was their moment. Obviously, they they all kind of you know the, the the Bucks and the and, and Cody went over it all in. It was their show. But I think going forward, they they have to know that. And I do think the press conference there was one key indication that they're going to put the spotlight on on. You know, not necessarily the three of them was was the POC scenario with Hangman Page being the only one to talk about wrestling when he was on the stage. Well, they were all talking about wrestling, but he was the only one that was like, hey, no one said this, but I am going to win the All Elite Wrestling Championship. I'm going to be the first All Elite Wrestling Champion. And I think that Page is kind of like one of those people who are, are are one of the first people that one of the first wrestlers that they kind of took under their wing for being the elite uh, and, and made his character way more interesting than it was in Ring of Honor and helped get him over and and got him a following because of his character and the things that it did on Being the Elite, the murdering Joey Ryan and a bunch of other things. And so uh, the fact that they're kind of like saying, hey, Hangman is in contention to be the first champion, I think it was kind of like a sign of like, we're not going to be the champions. We're going to book others to be the champions. That's what I hope at least because that, that, that's what I see. And I think that Kenny Omega, um, who's kind of like the the big question, I think Kenny Omega is the other one. Like the obviously Kenny's not uh, a partner in this. You know, he might it seems like he's going to be involved at least in my opinion. To me, similar to the TV deal, I don't think there's a chance that Kenny Omega goes to WWE. I think it's locked. I think that he's locked into All Elite Wrestling and will be on the way there as soon as his New Japan contract expires similar to Kushida with with NXT. So I I, I think that uh, you know, Kenny and and Adam will kind of be yes, they'll be in the Elite so they'll be important, but I think that they're not necessarily the bookers. So so I think that that's kind of the people they are going to be pushing initially, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, well, i tell you, uh, Paige is a keeper. He's a big star, going to be huge. Uh, Omega's a made man. He's, he's Tony Soprano changing shows and coming back to life. Uh, he's a made man. He's a star. So uh, they, they, they're getting a nucleus there. I think what the other thing will happen— is that that nucleus will grow with quality people that are want a new adventure. They want to try something else. And the nice thing about it is that you don't have to do it apparently, uh, uh, at a sacrifice because the cons are going to pay going rates. They're going to, I think they're going to pay the going rate for a, a talent in wrestling based on their, role and their and where they, their status and all that good stuff uh, their age you've got to be honest about some of these things you know you're not, they're not going to go out and hire some 50 year old guy nope and jericho's the exception to the rule and jericho probably is going to work so I, I don't ever see jericho working every week on television ever 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 and i don't think that's going to happen no uh so uh you know it's but they're starting to get a nice nucleus there. I do think the TV is probably more in place than, than they want, are ready to announce right now, and I understand that, too. So, uh, But the, I think the main thing that came out of Tuesday for me, Ryan, was the fact that, okay, now we know it's real. We'd heard this, and we heard that, and we got that good – this guy was a reliable source. And, and it's not your promotion guy. anymore. No, no, it's not mine or Jericho. as a matter of fact. <laughs> See, isn't that stupid how how things go? yes that people believe that Jericho and I are going to, going to invest. Do we have the money? Yeah, we've both got money. And, and by the way, I'm keeping mine. and I'm sure he's going to keep his. Uh, I love the line. He said, it's not about the money. My daddy told me a long time ago, when if somebody tells you it's not about the money, son, it's all about the money. <laughs> you can bet your ass Jericho's getting paid uh, plenty of money uh, to work with uh, uh, AWE. A-W. oh, yeah.
1: oh or, yeah i yeah absolutely <laughs> there's there's not a chance in my mind that, that that he got a low ball there
0: no 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 he's 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 not a he's not a bono guy pro bono type thing he's getting paid a lot of money <laughs> and i'm sure and everybody this all those guys that you saw yesterday are gr- going to earn a great living and that's the beautiful part about any new promotion uh that's starting so many promotions now it's like uh it's like Sinclair. Sinclair's got a lot of assets. They have a lot of muscle, but they don't flex it much. Yep. they could be Ring of Honor could be so much bigger, so much more potent, so much more formidable and profitable. But they they don't want to get out of their customs their their co- comfort zone, and they have this little sphere they're going to stay in financially.
1: And I think that's why the why the young bucks and Cody wanted to leave. You know, I think that they, I you know, similarly to PWG and things like that, like PWG. They outgrew it because PWG wants to stay in their little corner of the of of Reseda. You know, well now they're in downtown LA, but they want to stay in their little corner of Los Angeles. Uh, Ring of Honor is content with what they're doing over there and staying and not not shaking the tr- any you know any trees. They're not they're not you know messing with anything. They they're, they're happy with what they got. They're making the money. They're cool with it's 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 part of their portfolio and and they're cool with that. I think that you know even though they were involved with All In, they 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 could have been. Very involved with All In, more involved with All In than they were, and they weren't because they were very happy with with maintaining what they have and and not taking a giant risk. And I think that that's largely why this is all happening. You know, I think that they 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 they, they want to break out of that. They 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 have to break out of that. And I and especially if you want to make wrestling cool again, you have to break out of that. It's got to be something that everyone can watch.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. More more and more logical storylines. That are believe or at least quasi plausible within the the sphere of pro wrestling. God, give me some plausibility, please, and don't get these great gaps in continuity, creative continuity, or massive turnouts, turnoffs. I should say. I'm sorry, they're turnoffs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, I, and I believe that. The other thing is, and you mentioned it, and I've, I'm sure others have mentioned. I'm sure I've mentioned it. Uh, the the fact that well, this is how this going to affect WWE. Are you serious? <laughs> oh they're gonna take you know they'll, hey they can they get a little roll they're gonna they're gonna rival wwe for that number one spot again i say are you serious <laughs> it's not gonna happen yeah they can be so profitable and so successful and have no association no connect no nothing with wwe it's not even funny but everybody gets their own platform, and then it's all of a sudden, well, we want a little window here and a little subtlety there and a little ribbon on the square here. And, you know, if you, if you know, you know. If you don't know, it don't matter. All those little cliches, they infiltrate your thinking. And I got so sick and tired of the Monday Night Wars. I'm sure those guys down in Atlanta did too because everybody was paying attention to the wrong thing. WWE was paying attention to what WCW was doing instead of what we were doing more religiously Mm -hmm. and vice versa and vice versa. I I just think that's a, that cannot, I hope that's not a mistake they make. You don't want to stick the biggest dog in the yard to the stick because you can't, you can't win anyway. All you're doing is letting yourself, hear somebody you're letting others hear you bark. You're only making noise, but you're not making money. And I think this company has a chance to make a lot of money uh, if they, provide a product that's a unique presentation These a vis what people are saying today
1: i feel like noise and money are both important though because i do think you have to make a lot of noise in order to get people's attention and and and, and then it's what you do with that attention you know i think uh I, I do think that noise is necessary in the beginning but you're right i mean obviously money is the key you know money is the key but 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 you also have to understand that like and I think you know this, like especially with a startup, you know, money doesn't necessarily come right away. Like you have to take some risks. You have to spend a bunch of money. And I think Mm -hmm. that you have to to make noise while doing that. So, So, yes, uh, I agree with you.
0: Make noise talking about yourself. Make noise talking about your people that you're building and not make noise about being cute with a little wise-ass sophomore remark about WWE.
1: It doesn't make any sense. Well, I do think that, at least in my opinion, you know, I I, I know I mentioned the the WWE thing, but I, I don't think that there'll be competition for WWE, like serious competition for a long time to come. However... I think that in order to become that, you have to treat yourself as such, and, and, and perception is so key. You know, like I, uh, you know, like for example, like my website. People don't know it's like me and like one or two other people help me write stories, but it's largely me writing ninety percent, ninety-nine percent of the content on the website. But perception is key, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and that's why uh, you know my website gets mentioned in the same vein as some of the other big websites and stuff. And so I do think that you have to treat yourself as such. Do I think that they? Actually, have a shot of becoming number one? No, not for very, very, very long time. But I do think that, like, they can create a healthy alternative that 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 becomes the cool young thing. Like ECW. If ECW had a billionaire behind it, like if Tony Khan had been not seven years old and had been this age now, I do think that you know a, a, a company you know can. I think ECW could still be around today if they had had a billionaire behind it at the time.
0: I think they could have been around today, but they would not been number one. The other factor of that is, and I'm not knocking the ECW guys whatsoever. I hired a bunch of those dudes. Paul Heyman's one of my best friends. I got nothing but admiration and respect for them, but they would have never been number one over WWE. And here's the other, the major point of that, this particular uh, conversation Does it matter who is number one if you're profitable? Because that's the whole situation. It's the bottom lines. The bottom lines are always the, the main thing. Uh, that's a that's Russell speak. That's a, a Heifer Bowl. Well, we're going to be number one. Okay, yeah. And whose lifetime? Your kids? Your <laughs> grandchildren? Does or, or, or does it or what does it matter? Would you hadn't you rather have a solid company you build from the ground up with a great foundation, with financial backing, with a unique product? And you build your own brand based on what you do, and not what others have done, and uh, and you and you start turning a profit. To me, if you ask the Con family, I'm pretty sure they're going to say, "Well, that's kind of close to what we're looking for."
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I'm, I think an example of that is yesterday, even though you know on the stream they were. Doing little tongue-in-cheek, kinda like if you're an insider or if you follow, you know what they're talking about. You know that they're saying WWE doesn't do this, and, and they're not obviously not naming them by name. But after the rally, uh, you know, they were allowing everyone to keep their cars in a certain part of the parking lot there and then shuttling them over to SmackDown because they didn't want there to be any animosity um, you know, on, on WWE's part, which didn't really quite work because there were some pro wrestling tease employees at the SmackDown taping who tried to get in wearing their All Elite Wrestling merch, and they weren't allowed to buy tickets. Uh, Security walked over to the box office and said, hey, you can't come in wearing that, so you're not allowed to buy a ticket. Um, And that changed throughout the night. There's a video that... that that was on Twitter where it shows security say I don't know some, we weren't allowed to let you guys in wearing that merch something changed and now we're, let, we're allowed to let you guys back in no um, oh, yeah God. I know it was ridiculous so much bullshit yeah. it doesn't matter it God was, Almighty it doesn't matter yeah it's I, a Twitter story for I, God's sake yeah yeah uh, so like I you know they they you know something changed they they started letting people back in but I think that like. I don't know, man. Like, WWE is so reactive to things. I think that's where it really... That's where the whole number one and number two thing comes in is, like, they're so reactive to everything. I mean, like, just look at the way they reacted when when being the elite did that fake invasion over a year ago now. And, like, they sent the cease and desist to the Young Bucks. They fired Jimmy Jacobs. And, obviously, he made a bad business decision. But, like, they were very reactive to it. And now this is, like, that same day and they're being just as reactive again. And I just feel like... You're, I think you're right. It doesn't necessarily need to be an us-versus-them scenario. Um, no. And I don't but think but it'll continue to be that way. No, I,
0: think I, I that's why in my podcast, I talk about a, a ton of promotions. And I talk about promotions that don't cooperate one damn bit because they don't have enough common sense to send, send press releases. Or say, hey, can I, can I get a guest on your show? They're beginning to. You know, producer Ted's doing a good job of uh, feeling some of that stuff. But, Ted's a great man. So you know, dang, uh, just a, it's just tough. Listen, you talked about your web. Tell us about you real quickly. How did people can check out your website and why they should?
1: Yeah, uh, ProWrestlingSheet.com is the website, uh, and I just want you guys to know I, I I really go out of my way to make sure that I fact check the information that I put on the website. I I there's exclusive content there. There's fact check news. And I also do fun, interesting videos and content that I see around, uh, you know, that are involved in rest, that are, you know, related to wrestling and stuff. And I, I the website is a fun experience. I, 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 it's not littered with ads. It's, I, the, the user experience is so important to me, and and fact checking information is also important to me. I, I, I grew up, like I said, reading wrestling news on the internet, and it always bothered me that ninety percent of the stuff that I read wasn't true. And so when I started my own website trying to change that is was so important to me and i i have obviously you know there are things that there's mistakes i've made along the way but but fact checking is so so important to me and i, I that's really why you guys should come check out my website uh, we were recently purchased by collider.com which is um, a movie news website movie television entertainment news website um, and now i have a, a office a studio where we're doing weekly recaps on raw smackdown with my co-host right. John Roca um, are you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I got a paycheck again. It's nice. But but yeah, so we got a full studio. We're doing recaps. We're doing interviews with more people in the industry. I'm gonna I'm gonna amp that up this year with way more on camera interviews. Um I I, I, I I can't stress enough that Collider is going to be a huge part of wrestling sheet going forward. they're they're, they're the backing of them is 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 I can't explain to you how how much is going to help my site grow? It's going to help me go from being just me doing half, you know, ninety percent of the stories to having a whole staff. And and Collider and is friends.
0: your Collider is your Con family,
1: very much. <laughs> yes, Mark Fernandez is definitely my Tony Con, absolutely. So nothing so, wrong with that. So go nothing check out, with- yeah, no, nothing wrong with that at all. Collider, man, they have a ton of content as well. They've got YouTube channels, uh, Collider podcast, Collider video, Collider quick hits. Where it's like if you. Like nerds, superhero, that kind those kind of movies and entertainment, uh, I, you'll love collider.com. And so please check out collider, but also ProWrestlingSheet.com. The YouTube channel is youtube.com slash z slash wrestling sheet. You can find us on, on Pod, uh, on on um, iTunes as well. Uh we just search Wrestling Sheet Radio.
0: He's ubiquitous, ladies and gentlemen. The former star of TMZ, the man that made Harvey Levin great. Ryan Satin at Ryan Satin on Twitter. Ryan, thanks for being with us,
1: buddy. I uh enjoyed your conversation. We'll do this again, I hope. Yeah, I hope so, man. I, I would love to do it again. Thank you so much for having me. You bet.
0: Man, it's been a fun show today. Very informative from uh, Ryan Satin. As you can tell, he has a great passion for uh, the wrestling business and what he's doing and uh, in, in, involving it. Uh, so, I appreciate Ryan's time today and his his uh, thoughts and sharing them with us. I appreciate you guys as well for subscribing and uh, to our show. I've mentioned this a couple times today. It's real simple to do. It kind of It's a difference maker for those of us who are trying to earn a couple bucks in the uh, podcast world. Subscribing at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you get your Slobberknocker audio is where you go. And you can subscribe for free to our program. And we do appreciate those five-star ratings. I have fun with it, but I also know that realistically, the more five-star ratings that you get, uh, the better chance you got to compete for advertising dollars. And that's how we make money. That's how we make a living here. So uh, I enjoy doing it, but unlike Chris Jericho, said to the, at the, uh, uh, the, big, the big hoodoo on uh, on Tuesday, uh, AEW, that uh, he didn't need the money. Well, I don't know if I need the money. I want the money. <laughs> Remember, Grandpa said, they tell you it's not about the money it's all about the money so uh appreciate you guys uh, seriously for giving us those five-star ratings we think we earn them we appreciate your feedback on that so uh we're looking our next goal is for two thousand of them we need 286 i'm told so check that out will you five-star ratings and 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 uh, subscribing uh for free it's a good deal uh some of our latest five-star reviews include Keith Myers, who says, I've been a subscriber since the beginning and have enjoyed many of your sauces and condiments. It's amazing how much better you made Monday Night Raw. You made the heels more dastardly and the baby faces more heroic. You made everything feel important. That's our job, Keith. The announcers are storytellers. They're, they're providing a narrative, a narrative to what you're seeing. And if that music by the talents is sweet enough and we've got our stuff together and can add those lyrics, you got a winning combination. David Dugan says, one of the best wrestling podcasts out there. JR is the greatest wrestling announcer of all time. I look forward to Wednesdays for my Slover Knocker audio. Thank you, David. We look forward to bringing it to you. It's an honor to be in your home and you listen to us. Magic Santa Carl. I can only imagine. Magic Santa Carl says Jr. truly wants what is best for the business and those around it, giving us a wide perspective with his personal and intelligent take. He, like always, calls it like he sees it. For better or for worse, Magic Carl, Magic Santa Carl. <laughs> Jr. makes his case and moves on. Thanks for sharing what's going on on the other territories and reminding us of what happened in days gone by. Nice uh, nice feedback. That's from uh, selected by producer Ted. Pull that out of his hat there. Okay, so remember, submit your questions and comments, whatever. Feedback uh, to us at thejimrossreport at gmail.com All, Every email is read. And uh, we appreciate your correspondence and your support, quite frankly. thejimrossreport at gmail.com uh, I have mentioned that our new episodes escape every Wednesday, every Wednesday. Uh, and I appreciate you following me on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at, the, at, the, at Jim Ross BBQ, Jim Ross BBQ on Facebook and Instagram. And I'm on Twitter, almost 1.7 million followers, at JRSBBQ. And uh, Sean Cradle uh, ramrods the Facebook and the Instagram. I contribute some to Facebook, without a doubt. I post things. But the Twitter is mine to live or die with. So if you see something I put on Twitter that you didn't like, don't blame anybody else but me. I'm guilty, Your Honor. Uh, a lot of cool things right now. I mentioned Pro Wrestling Tees earlier. Uh, they got JR's T-shirts, all kinds of stuff. They're up to size up to 5X. I love the fact that our products are on the shelves at Ingalls Markets with a lot of the proceeds going to uh, Headlock on Hunger uh, Bill Murdoch's great charity in Nashville, North Carolina that we're affiliated with. Uh, and, uh, don't forget our book is at Amazon. Another one is on its way, hopefully by, by the holidays this year. And, uh, I'm excited about next week's program because, uh, again, two, I think two first time guests again, uh, people are looking to talk to us and we appreciate that. Tessa Blanchard will be here next week along with David McLean. Uh, they're going to talk about Women of Wrestling, WOW, WOW, on Access TV, debuting on Friday, January the 18th. I'll have a separate conversation with both of them, uh, Tessa about wrestling and Dave McLean about, of course, you can remember Dave McLean's the guy that created The Glow. So we have a lot to talk about with them. A new show coming on the air from my friends at Access TV. I know that Andrew Simon is working very diligently on that product. Andrew, one of the executives there at, uh, at Access TV. And one of the nice things about uh, this proposition is that Andrews a big wrestling fan, and he's lucky enough that he gets to work with Jeannie Bus. When I was at Access TV, nobody ever offered me the chance to work with Jeannie Bus. I should have her on this program. What am I thinking? So anyway, uh, good show next week. Tessa Blanchard, Dave McLean, going to talk all about WOW, Women of Wrestling debut on Access TV coming up very soon. So it should be a fun show. I want to thank Ryan Satin for joining us here this week as well. Uh, Ryan with the Pro Wrestling Sheet, at uh, Ryan Satin on Twitter. Uh, good spirited debate and conversation about all elite wrestling and what Tuesday said or did not say uh, in Jacksonville. All in all, it's great news. It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. I can't think of a better time in my lifetime to be a wrestling fan than right now. Just me. But my glass in my house are half full, just so you know. If you come to visit, half full glasses, okay? Leave your negativity on the porch. So uh, for everybody here, producer Ted, Rafael Morphy. Rafael's in Mexico City this weekend with Impact Wrestling. We'll have uh, more information on that next week. So uh, for everybody here on our little team, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate you subscribing, all those good things. So until next week when I... uh, as I get ready to get in my old black Escalade, you know my Escalade is 2011. I bought it new. It's got 58,000 miles on it. That's pretty good. So I'm getting back in my old black Escalade, I'm pretentiously driving back to Norman to continue my blessed life. Hope you have a blessed life today and tomorrow. Do something nice for somebody. So until next week, folks, I can't thank you enough for being with us. So long, everybody.
1: The Westwood One Podcast Network, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. The talent, they never knew when they were going to be let go from one company or the other. They always wanted to keep
0: the door open (laughs) with another company just in case they ever had to go find work. You know, when WCW and WWF were really the only two places to make a living, um, guys were always very careful not to go too far or say the wrong thing.
1: 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. Free. Free. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.